too. <laughs> um, all right. So, Andanetti, this is speaking with Adam Luciano. This is episode three of Making Fire. Just for like the formal introduction stuff. Um, all right. So, this is my first time doing this. You know this, so we're going to kind of muddle through together. Great. Um, all right. First question. What do you think of as like your first creative moment, like as a kid? You know, pause. Tell me a little bit, like, this is Adam Luciano. Yeah. Just okay. Just starting with that before you go mm-hmm. there. Um, how I know you because I know your brother and I know your family. So that's what's your full name? My full name is Adam Robert Luciano. Okay. Um, I was born in. March of 1984. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut it out. <laughs> All right, now, what do you think of as your first creative moment? I, when I was young, I, um, I, we had this this uh, set of encyclopedias for kids, and some were about history, some were about other things. So there was this one book called the Make and Do book, and it was like a book of crafts. And I remember being, I was probably four or five I would uh all I wanted to do was make crafts from this make and do book and to the point where my mother ended up hiding the book because all I would do was hassle her about can we do this can we make that um so I mean I just I remember that was like kind of the first memory I can think of where we would make stuff out of whatever it was whether it was you know um construction paper I always wanted to do the paper mache but that was always off limits <laughs> I don't know why I was like but, no we're not doing that you know I mean tangibly to like tangibly think of a memory you know I remember being in um in first or second grade and like you know just doing stupid crafts like gluing macaroni to like a piece of oak tag and spray painting it gold and I liked all that stuff Huh. So I used to like, especially the make and do book situation. Like, I, I anything that involved crafts or or drawing, I, I used to draw too. Actually, I an, a, maybe an earlier creative moment. I've always been stubborn and kind of even a perfectionist and hard on myself huh. ever since a young age. And I used to draw, and I would draw a picture, and my mom, from what she would tell me, she said, you know, she would say, Adam, that's beautiful. And I would say, it's not right, and I would rip it up, or I would, uh, you know, I was really hard on myself. And she would, she said she would break her heart because she would be, um, you know, she'd be proud of what her young son was making, and I, it wasn't good enough or something, you know? <laughs> Are you still like this? Uh, I'm working on I've been working on it for a while. I still have the perfectionist thing to me. You know, I always, always strive for the... For perfection, I strive for the best possible thing, you know. But we're human beings, and I'm limited to, you know, not perfect. So, this is I, I ask you this because I went to this is a couple months ago. I went to like a, um, like a New York Times talk at, with Questlove from the Roots. Yeah, um, and they were talking about like how their band became their band. He was saying that at some point they weren't being they weren't as popular, and people were like, "Oh yeah, you're the greatest band that no one listens to," and they were like, "Well, we don't want to be that," and so. They did, went through this process of figuring out like how bands became popular, and they figured out that they built communities, and they went through this entire process of like, 
build communities and they started bringing like diff- different people into like their group to like Eric Badu and like these people so that they have like a bigger network as, yeah. so it's like it's not just like the roots just like this group of people um, and I asked you that because when he was describing it he seemed like he was like he and that band were very cerebral it was really like a very like intellectual process and and as somebody kind of got up they had a question part point and I was at, I was talking to him and I guess like he seems like the guy that kind of controls and makes sure that the band runs well and he was saying he was talking about he was, I asked him a question he was in, answering, in answer to the question he was like saying that he doesn't care like what the band does they can kind of just do whatever they want to but as long as they are when the show's ready they don't make they don't make a mistake like, like they don't hit the wrong notes he was like that's important to him that they don't make a mistake and I was like, all right, I have one more question. The, the moderator was like, you had your question, go sit down. He was like, you know, let him ask. And I was like, does one, does like making a mistake on one note really make a difference? Does it really ruin the concert? And he seemed to say that it was before, and he was like, you know what, now that you say that, he thought about it. So, to that. Well, that's a major point, because I believe as an audience member, like when you see someone make a mistake, it, the audience goes right by that. They don't really care it's if the performer makes a big deal of making a mistake, then the audience can kind of psychically pick up on that. Like, oh, the performer's thrown yeah, off. He's off, not like, yeah. in line with what he's trying to do. And so the performer can, you know, I guess maybe through inexperience or not not working on those kinds of things can can fall into that trap of, of projecting the, the mistake as being, you know, a way, yeah, to get you off your artistic goal. So and the audience, there's a very intimate uh, relationship between the audience and the performer that's all very unspoken. You know, you can just kind of pick it up if a performer is kind of clumsy on stage, like the the even just uh, you know someone yeah. who doesn't know a lot about music or performing can pick up that stuff. You can pick up a vibe of like, oh, it's you know, it's kind of a flow. Have... It's like I don't. And if the audience wants to like help you, they'll help you. If they want to kill you, they'll kill you. Right. Right. Um, but just, it goes the other way too, though. Like, an audience can also, like, subconsciously, like, they pick up if a, if a performer is um, really, truly presenting, like, music that, you know, is authentic. You can kind of get lost in it, and you go there, that magical thing, kind of thing, with the performer, you know? I'm going to come back to that, because there's, like, a certain amount of, like, philosophical, spiritual component to that that gets, but I'll come back to, back to that in a second. Um, I guess but my question going to the, the perfectionist part mm-hmm. do as a perfectionist do you lock in and you see the mistake and so like as a perfectionist do you notice it but because like, as an experienced artist you kind of like know how to hide it or do you kind of notice it and kind of like judge yourself for making the mistake at a different point if you were talking to me two years ago maybe even less than that I I, I was I, I realized that one of the things for me was a is a huge obstacle is being such a perfectionist to the point where it's hindering the creative process and I'm not allowed to have the confidence in myself whether it's are you you know talking about in a performance situation or like because for me okay, th- this can be yeah. in like because I record music yeah. and, and make and make albums so. You know when you're uh, when you're uh, paying good money for a professional recording studio and whatnot, you do have that kind of feeling where you're a bit against a clock, and uh, you know you got to make it count. So 
um, you're trying to push yourself to get the most perf perfect performance, whether it's on guitar or vocally, and uh, you can psych yourself out. You certainly can if you're not, say you do a few vocal takes something, you don't quite hit it the mark that you want to hit. You know, you can keep doing it and doing it, and just, just because you're, you're focusing so much on the fact that you're not doing it, it'll block the achieving it to an extent, you know? And it's also kind of interesting, because I wonder, because the reason why I ask the question, like, this is what I'm going to ask you, because like, somewhat of it is like, there is kind of like, you can find a new way, a new path in the imperfection in and of itself. It's like, if you can, if you're confident enough to like, not let the imperfection screw you up, you go, like, oh, that didn't even occur to me, but maybe I could take it here. And it's hard to like have the right balance because you can't go too you can't do that too much because otherwise you're wandering throughout everywhere. But you also, if you allow yourself to do it, I feel like you can kind of find places that you didn't know you could go. Hundred percent, absolutely. I think a great an example of that is someone like Miles Davis, who I mean, in jazz you hear these things. You people say, "Oh, play a bunch of wrong notes," and uh, you know, it's I call it jazz or something. But there is, in this, what I'm kind of getting at is the sense that in, in the moment when you're creating, let's say you're, you're stepping out and playing a solo and you hit a note that you didn't intend to hit and let's say it's uh, you know, a dissonant note, it's really what you do with that note that dictates whether or not it was a quote-unquote mistake or you know, not perfect because uh, if you say bend the note into a consonant note or uh, it, it might lead you somewhere else where you weren't intending to go and that's where the magic kind of happens so you might get off stage or something and say to yourself man I really served up you know a bunch of clams on that solo I, I, you know whatnot and go back to the recording or something you know maybe you recorded it and you listen to it and there's actually like a freshness to the solo there is no perceivable mistake it actually sounds great. In fact, you might even start thinking you should make mistakes more often because yeah. it creates this spontaneity, this place you wouldn't have gone had you executed what you intended, you know? But I guess the question, I guess for you, and like throughout this kind of branch up, it's like, how do you get to the point in which you're like relaxed enough and say, you know, it's okay? And this kind of like, we were talking about right now, it's kind of like applies to life in general. But like, yeah. just how do you say, it's okay to make mistakes, kind of breathe? Well, I think uh, in a broader sense, it, it creates a learning opportunity. So when you step up and perform and make mistakes, you, can, you know that those are mistakes you're going to learn from in the future. And, and you actively want to look at those and put them under the microscope and say, okay, you know, I'm not so happy about this. I'd like to improve here and here. But... Um, but I, did I, did I, what, what exactly was your question? Um, my question was, I guess, originally, like, where would that branch go? Well, you're saying, uh, like, how do you, how do you move, how do you move on? How do you? I guess, like, the question is, this is kind of wrapped into, like, the next question. Like, how do you get to the point where you're, like, because it, it's funny. It's, like, the perfectionist in you gets you to a certain point in your life. It's, like, it got you to, like, plant past auditions. It got you into, like music school got you to all these things that perfectionist, perfectionist in you is kind of a part of like the thing that got you there and it's, there's a certain safety to it but how do you get to the point where you're like just like find the 
the balance. Yeah. Because, well, it, it is, it's about balance and it's about growing as a person and as a player and artist and whatnot. So I think the thing is, is that by, by putting so much focus on this idea of perfection, you're not allowing yourself to be, you're, you're asking too much of yourself at some times. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the, the, it, the outcome can be great if you strive for perfection. And I, I don't think perfection is a bad thing, but it's a certain product. It can, it can cause you to be very self-critical and that can, um, get in the way of, of, it kind of uh, a really learning to, to move past that kind of anxiety around the, imperf- the perfections or the imperfections. Um, also, it's relative. So what is imperfect to me might sound absolutely fine to you. And that happens a lot in, in recorded music where you know you, you've developed a relationship with these recordings over time, you've nurtured it, you've got it to a certain point. You know, you're taking some vague idea that you have in your head or some song that you wrote and you're, you're really manifesting it into this recording. And, um, you know, like, so when you have this kind of close relationship to this, you know all the little nuances. So you could sit down, put on a track and say, you know, you know that at like 27 seconds, you're slightly flat on a note, you know, that you say. Yeah. And uh, that'll that'll irk me as a perfectionist. Oh, yeah, you hear it. <laughs> oh no, oh no. But um, there's also this idea of standing behind your work and standing behind what you do, and and being confident that uh, you know you're always changing, you're always improving. Your your identity isn't necessarily tied to this song or this what you're doing. You know, it's that's not you. You are you. And, and, you know, you're not the, the music, even though you put a lot of yourself into it. So you've got to not, you've got to learn, I'm, I'm learning to not judge myself for those things. And, uh, and also to, uh, to be confident that, you know, I'm, I do as best as I can and my, my work is always changing and I'm, I'm continuing to grow in all aspects of my life, which is informing the art and creativity that I'm a part of. So, you know, if, and I, I've been in this situation for a while, and I learned, I think I've learned my lesson from this, uh, you know, kind of, you know, someone come, coming up to you after performance and, and giving you an accolade saying, I really enjoyed your show. And, uh, you know, my younger years, I might say, I might have just said right back to them, uh, a why it was terrible, you know, <laughs> oh, like, don't buy the CD. What are you, why are you buying the CD? Don't, it's not good. And you realize that by saying that to somebody who came up to compliment you, you're invalidating their comment to you, which is just not really cool anyway. Because you're, they're kind of, you know, I didn't think they'd say like, oh, oh, like I didn't, you know. Yeah. Let me re- oh, let okay. me think about like I, what I thought was good, yeah, and bad, or yeah, like, yeah. I like, how I hate like, you know, human beings. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, I don't want to spoil the that experience. But I also, you know, the the idea of like, so you make a mistake or something's not perfect, you just got to move on with with uh, with confidence, you know, and do the best that you can. If it's a live performance, you know, you certainly want to just move on and, and try to avoid making those those kinds of mistakes. But like I said, sometimes depending on the situation, it can be a blessing in disguise. 
and sometimes it can get you snap back into focus because sometimes an imperfection might just be kind of a lack of focus or something and kind of say "Ooh, my head's not in this let me get back into what why I'm here in the first place you know it's not just to get up and execute a song perfectly that's like doing mathematics yes <laughs> you know it's it's about it's about conveying a feeling an emotion you know and sharing that with the others so you know the it's more important than the little bum note or something you know? okay this is funny okay so I'm gonna take a step back and I'm gonna explain well you know what, what I'm doing but for the, the pod the point of the podcast is to try to figure out how creativity and, and creativity and innovation work and so basically I'm trying to figure out like whether or not it's like innate and, and only certain people can do it you're born this way and you're kind of a gifted one of the gifted or whether or not it's one of those things that you anyone can learn to do it's just some people maybe can tap into it a little bit easier than others some people for whatever reason in their life got nudged into it a little bit easier and so I'm just trying to figure out what that is and so and maybe it's different from person to person or maybe it's different from activity to activity but I'm trying to figure out that that point um oh go ahead yep well no no I, um um, so, so I guess this is kind of like what we've been talking about already, but like, and I kind of know the answer, but just like to ask again, like it sounds, is, is the creative process more to you, and I've talked to you about this before, is it more of a technical, this, this, and this, A plus B equals C, or is it more kind of an intuitive, fluidic process for you? Oh. For me... Okay. Um, it, it's a combination. It, it, it depends. It, it can be both things, and it oftentimes is. Um, you know, this idea of, of being creative and whether or not some, one, some, some people are more inclined towards being creative more so than someone else, I think it's an interesting idea because at the basis of it, we... In order to exist at all, we were created in in <laughs> creation itself. Uh, you know, we are we are creative inherently because just by living and being, we're creating our reality wow. around us. We we have choices, so many choices we don't even realize we're making. Just when you know you get up to do anything, you know, it's, it's ways of perspective yeah. looking at it. You know, you're kind of you're in charge of creating a lot of aspects of your own we reality. decide pick this thing as creative but in general you're saying all things right I don't know if I can articulate that exactly let's let's get back to to yeah. nurture nurturing creativity yeah and because that I think that you know for me I think that just at a young age I just was inclined toward I guess art in a way like I, I maybe in, an, in a way of expressing myself or something I'm not sure you know my mother jokes that I was I, you know kind of a loud uh, kid I don't know if that's the terminology she would use but you know I, I certainly was the one who if there was a musical instrument it was in my hands I, I was messing with it you know if there was uh, like with the crafts and thing if there's something that I could you know make something new out of out of a couple pieces of something I wanted to do that um, so I think that you know 
in a way, I was just, uh, I was prone to that. But I don't think necessarily any more than anybody else. And, and creativity, like, it, it, it's not, when you think creativity, like, you might just go right to, like, art or music or fashion or theater or, like, yeah. you know, how do I inject creation into this? But again, like, I think that it, it really, it's one of those things that, it's in it's just the base of everything that we do every scientists uh, especially scientists mathematician inventors any the, the every there's a creative aspect to everything that we do our whole lives are create our own creation so my question to follow that up is do you consciously I guess it gets into a little bit of spirituality again do you consciously try to like be creative in all aspects of your life, or do you just like this is what I this is how I exhibit this creativity, and like th- I gotta really put more effort in anywhere else. Right, that's like getting back to to your earlier point. Um, I. There's kind of like those that you're saying, like, you know, is it more, uh, you know, something you nurture? Is it something that just happens spontaneous? Is it something, uh, you know, you sit down, this idea of of sitting down and I'm going to create now, Uh, you know, or like, hey, man, I can't hang out. And there is a level of that. I think that that is a part of nurturing that creativity. If it's something that you choose to, you know, it is important in your life, uh, you know, and you set aside time for it. But it's like that idea. It's pretty universally accepted, the idea that, um, you know, it, in a way, crea- creativity and, and capturing that, uh, that spark of creativity it is like catching, you know, lightning in a bottle. This idea of... Uh, you know, for instance, this one day I was driving up to New Hampshire to uh, have a, have a, my guitars repaired, and I started to, I just had this idea, I had this lyric, and um, it just, all these words started coming to me, this song started coming to me, and, and the lyrics first, and so I'm in my car, and I'm, uh, I'm fiddling around, looking for a piece of paper, something, anything, I find a pen, I find paper, I'm driving. And I found a, like a, a Comcast bill, and I wrote, started writing down these lyrics. And within about five minutes, I had the gist of a of a new song that was like almost almost complete. That just hit me like out of nowhere. I don't know whether a thought led to another that led to that, or it just kind of came out of nowhere. So it was this idea of like. I do feel like there's kind of, there's these things that are out there. Our subconscious mind is picking up stuff all the time. So it's when something clicks and we kind of fuse, there's like this alchemy of fusing like an idea or two together. You get inspired and it can create a creative outlet. And then you, it's like this idea of like your mind moves really fast. So your hand or or whatnot, you're trying to keep up with this idea and try to get it out in a tangible form like writing it down so there's this podcast I listen to it's called On Being and the, the, the moderator's name is Krista Tibbetts and I wish I could remember this poet's name but she was saying this poet said she used to live on a farm and whenever like sometimes like 
what would happen is a, a poem would come to her mind. So she, and she had only a certain amount of time to like run. It's like whenever it hits her, she's like, she had to run inside, whatever she was doing, and start writing it down. She said, because basically, I guess she's like, anthropomorphized it. It's like she had to get it from before it like went from this one side of the field to the other side of the field. Because if it got to the other side of the field, it was gone. So she had to run inside and she'd start writing. And basically she would write, 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 write. And if, if, if like it was gone, she would, the idea was gone and she'd have to stop. And she said this sometimes, and I can't remember exactly the story, she's like, she did like grab the poem and like hold on to it to keep it from going and would write like, I think, what she said in reverse, like the poem, while before it could like escape, and so it's a similar concept to what you're saying, kind of like it's there, and if you don't grab it, it's like the universe provides something. If you don't grab it now, it's gone. Um, but that's not actually what I was asking when I asked the question. What I meant was creativity can like happen. What you were saying, like in the way you walk, in the way you like decorate your apartment, in the way like you drive your car, like. Creativity, you can be, you can manifest creativity everywhere, or you can kind of just like turn off your mind and just kind of just go through the motions of it. I guess there's a, I guess there's a range of creativity. You, I guess going through the motions is a certain amount of creativity, but like, do you try to actively try to be creative or innovative in, in all the other aspects of your life? Outside of music yeah. and outside of, uh, Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think that's like m kind of become the mantra for my life is this is based around, uh, you, could, you could really base it around this idea of creativity because I guess it's, a, it's like, a, for, for me, my life is, is a process of, it, it's, it's about growth. It's a process of, of being learning things from new experiences, and really doing the self work, looking looking inward, and uh, identifying where blockages are, especially for me because I I do uh, my goal is to you know continue to be an artist and and not as I guess express myself is a part of that, but um but in order to kind of be a conduit for creativity and the more I can align my spirit into uh, you know um, a, the higher form of myself you know and I, I'm, I'm talking about very basic like daily things yeah. like getting enough sleep <laughs> eating <laughs> yeah, properly yeah. you know these, these things uh, you know for some people might be easier and for others are hard for me those are the kinds of things that like it's this kind of idea of like getting my house in order, you know, um, you know, hypothetically, metaphorically speaking, in order to you know align uh, everything into a healthy getting the process correct so that kind of like things kind of just fall in line. Right. Right. Um, because. I've kind of been through other kinds of, of, of creating that were driven by emotions like anger, um, driven by, um, you know, self-hatred, dark, dark, what I would consider kind of the darker sides of, of the polarity of positive and negative emotions. Yeah. Um, not necessarily bad, but and part of the human experience. Yeah. 
but uh, you know, I I I, I kind I went down that road. I, I I created from that place for a while, and ultimately I uh, I didn't find it fulfilling because it it was too polarized in one direction, and I needed as I kind of grew into you know learning more about who I am you know I realized that you know that that was an excess uh, on that particular side and it needed to be brought into balance for me to have a better you know unified um, you know way of expressing myself so it's kind of like this idea of elevating yourself uh, and 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 trying to be kind of that archetypal bigger archetype of you the higher person that you can be you know that just for me that's kind of uh you know my goal really and and where i'm trying to to kind of get to um you know again getting back to this like idea of sitting down and, and choosing to be creative like i absolutely have adopted that as well huh? so um you know there is there is some of the best songs I've written have happened in five minutes. Like pick up a guitar, whoa, this is happening. Write down the words or hit a recorder, play and sing it. Like sit back and kind of say, I don't know where that came from, but I'm happy that it did. <laughs> and then other songs that start maybe in that way, but they don't really, uh, they don't come fully quickly. But there's still something there that you want to pursue. There's some sort of feeling or, or something is inspiring about it so you want to stay with it which which has lended itself to you know uh, basically whether scheduled or unscheduled sitting down and kind of working out well what am I trying to do here what am I trying to say uh, rather than the approach of just kind of trusting your intuition and and kind of getting down whatever's coming to mind and kind of a existential or, or what is you know like in that um, like freeform thought kind of way just coming and, and more of this idea of like you know if I stay with this idea you know and, and it's an interesting thing because it can happen in this form where uh, where you don't really even know what you're doing you're just kind of doing something and you realize something's there and you, whether it's, it could be a lyric or for me it's usually a sound or music or I'll, or I'll get a, a single word or I'll put a couple words together that usually don't belong together that will evoke some kind of feeling and I'll say well, to myself well, what does that mean what you know and, and I'll kind of the more I focus on it uh, over time it will reveal itself all of a sudden I'll kind of well it could mean this and I'll kind of explore that and it could mean this and you know but you kind of keep coming back to the center until uh, you start to know what it means, and you start to take on this 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 thing, and you're like, I okay, now, you know, now I at least uh, I I know where I think I'm going, and I'm gonna, and then you you put in the time, you nurture it, and you keep going in that direction, and they're like Leonard Cohen, a poet and songwriter, um, he said that. Um, if you stay with the song when it comes to writing a song, if you stay with it, it will eventually yield to you. You know, um, Einstein too, when he was creating the theory of relativity, yeah. you know, he, he said I, something along, I, I'm not quoting word for word, but I believe he said something along the lines of, it's not that I'm 
a genius or it's not that I'm any smarter than anybody else. It's just that I can, I stay with an idea. And as I stay with the idea, you know, it's staying focused on that one pinpoint you can really you you start to get into really deep levels of that. This is what I, this is kind of the point I was like, is it this? And what you what you seem to be saying is like it's kind of fluidic because sometimes it's like it comes, it hits you, and it's like, oh my god, where the hell did this come from? And sometimes you just have to stay with it and work with it. And so there is no way. And not, I'm trying to get this feel. There is no way to be creative. It's kind of like sometimes it comes this way, sometimes it comes that way. You have to like trust yourself and sometimes if you're drilling at it nothing's coming it's like nothing's gonna come here I'm gonna let that go and maybe it'll come back in two years or ten years or maybe it'll never come back right. but it's, there is no way it's just kind of like having the confidence and the balance to kind of just find the flow and kind of like like alright sometimes we'll kind of stay with it sometimes it's just like an interesting yeah anyways it really is like I, I can I I can like bring up this one this song I've I'm almost finished with that I've been working on it for for months and months and that's that's a little bit when I when I was younger it used to just come quick I used to kind of trust it when things happen and I didn't really I didn't really uh, get too far into what it was I was trying to say if I was trying to say anything or whatever and and I would realize I would write these songs and I would play them out and whatnot and and uh, wouldn't even really know. I thought I knew what I was singing about, but I never really cared, or nothing that I didn't care. I didn't really think about it. I didn't really worry about it. It's just kind of like, oh, I wrote this song. Right. It just happened. It is. Here's a song. And I remember on a number of occasions, years later, going back and listening to those songs and being able to identify exactly what the song was about because it was so easy down years later to look back and say, oh, this makes perfect sense. I was going through this. This is about... You know, fill in the blank. And whereas when I when I was singing it and had written it, I was just too close to it. I was I was clearly expressing things from my subconscious that I was so close to. I I didn't even consciously know what I was huh. expressing. It's almost you reflective. Know. Totally, totally. You know, and again that, but that also brings that I that idea of, you know, uh, a song, a finished song, or a, a piece of art doesn't doesn't particularly doesn't really change I guess you know performance can change but like you know let's say a recording and especially like a piece of art doesn't change but the the viewer changes or the creator changes so this uh, you know idea that um, you know like for example like there was a, a record that I, I made and and I liked it when we were making it and I liked it when it was finished but then I became really embarrassed about it when it finally came out and I didn't like it and then you know a year later I'd put it on and listen to it and I'd say I love this this is great wow I really this is good I should be proud of this and then you know maybe uh, some more time would go by and I'd listen and I'd say oh no oh no and I realize now that uh, it was it was me it was my perspective had changed, and so my relationship with the the piece also changed. Which this is like a this is like a an epiphany for me to realize this that um, you know again this kind of goes back to that identity uh, identifying with with your work or whatnot as if you know if somebody comes up to you and, and expresses a distaste for what you're doing, you know you might. 
initially you might think like, oh, like that's a bummer. Like that particular person doesn't like what I did. You know, you might start having those thoughts before you even, you yeah. know, consciously know, yeah. you're like, oh, maybe I'm not good. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe that he's right, this or that and, and whatnot. Um, or someone might say like, wait, stop, stop playing the song. It's, uh, it's so sad. Or I know it's just going to get more depressing, you know. And, uh, and, you know, I used to get confused by that. I think, like, man, I don't even think of this song as a depressing song, but that's what the listener is getting right now. And start to realize, you know, the viewer completes the artwork by putting their experiences and their, what, what's going on with them gets projected into and off of your work. So it's, that's a beautiful thing about art in general. It's personal and it's up to the viewer to complete the, the vision, whether the artist wants it or not. That, you know, what you get out of looking at a painting or, it, or hearing a song ultimately is what's important to you. So you can be looking at a, t at a piece of art and you love it and your friends doesn't like it. You know, and it says, oh, well, there's, it's too chaotic for me. I don't like what's going on. Like I, the color composition is uh, stifling and whatnot. And, you know, but you might think like, but I like that, that, it, you know, there's, there's this, uh, you know, angularness to it and I'm into that. And, you know, maybe that reflects, you know, uh, that reflects a part of something that you've gone through or going through or whatever. And, uh, you know, and it could, it really not to get all psychological <laughs> about it, but, you know, it really could come back to, you know, something, you know, like somebody, uh, you know, you had a bad experience with something and, and now you can't enjoy, uh, yeah, that particular thing. Yeah. You know. Work that. Well, if you want to enjoy this piece of art, you have to like work that out and you can see it with fresh eyes. Right. Right. It's funny. Like small tangent. Well, small tangent, then I'll come back. Um, so recently, maybe the past year or so, maybe a year and a half, I started to like, whenever I go to museums, I don't read like the, what the artist wants me to think. I'm like, I'm going to go through and just look at everything, kind of take it for whatever I want to take it as, make a decision and then go back and see what the artist feels they want to say. And that's kind of like a shift that I've done. I'm like, cause that way, because if I read the artist's interpretation, not even consciously, but sometimes subconsciously, I start to see the world in the way they want me to see the world. And it's like, all right, I'll kind of see it. Like, this is about anger. I'm like, no, just kind of see whatever you want. And maybe there's like, and if, as an artist, am I getting what they're trying to say to me? And so that's, I'm just trying to, like, how I interact with art and, like, music, I guess all types of art, I'm trying to, like, shift in, like, my experience. So it's coming closer to, like, I guess I'm getting more confident. Like, kind of let the world be whatever it's going to be to me. And then just see what, like, see what kind of conversation they're trying to have with me. My question to you is, and it seems like it's changed a little bit as you've gotten older, how much do you care how much the recipient takes from what you say? What you... Well, again, that's, that's you know, something I, I'm working on and something that, that does change over time. Um, I mean, it, I, it kind of goes to the idea of, you know, how much do you care what other people think about yes. you? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's... You know, so... Um, you know, I would, I would, I love to say I don't care, but I, well, and, and, and I don't even think that's necessarily the answer if there was yeah. one, but, but I, you know, sure, I want, I want validation from, from the work. It's nice to get validation, but ultimately that is not what drives me to be creative. Um, if, if I was, 
I realized the pitfalls in, in trying to create for this idea of getting an accolade or, or, or validation, uh, I think that you have a high probability of getting, uh, of losing track of your, what it, what it is you are creating. That's, that is very personal. You're, you're allowing someone else to project into your world and you're, you're not being true to yourself. I, I think the most important thing is to really to give yourself the space and the confidence to know that like what it is you truly want to create and see and what what it is that's inside you that you want to share with the world in whatever form is valid just because you are a human being that has a unique experience uh that you know in so many other universal ways is just like all other human beings and uh you know gets to the that back to that expression idea you know i i'm not necessarily fully tied into this idea that you know creating art is necessarily in some for some sort of desire i have to express myself i'm still kind of working that out because i think it's i think everyone deserves to express themselves but but in a way i think it's more of just a a way that i've used to just um just uh, better, better acclimate, acclimate myself to the world around me and kind of make it easier for me um, to enjoy and share beauty. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes back, I guess, goes back, goes back to originally why I started this podcast because I kind of somewhere inside of me, um, I feel like everyone has this ability, like, and like if everyone can tap into it and has a comment to like show this ability. The world's a much more interesting place, and people have the comment, like, "Oh, I'm doing this, and this this is valid, and I'm a human being, and so I may not be able to do it this at this level or whatever level I in my head think is required." If they can all sh- have the ability to share their experience, we're a better species. Um, quick, okay. Side note: um, What is your spiritual background? <laughs> I'm curious, but also uh... it may inform a lot of things. I mean, if you. If you don't want to answer that question, I'm fine. We don't have to, you don't have to answer it. Oh, I would, I would basically just start out by uh, every everything that, that is especially, well, really I think this goes throughout. I can't really speak for my five By the way, I stole that question from On Being. She, that's, she, <laughs> she asked that, that was Krista David, that's her first question. If you listen to like the uncut version, she asked that question to people. Well, it's a very important question when it comes to me. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> um, you know this idea of spirituality. For me, I guess uh, you know that that is tied into living fully and having a better um, understanding of myself. Whereas to get away from kind of you know uh, in any kind of religious kind of sense. Um, you know that's a, that's a little bit different than spirituality. I think depending on how you define it, you know, um, it kind of just goes. It really goes back to what this podcast is all about: creativity. That's uh, it. Really, is my spirituality with the the, um, the desire to my my desire in life is to is to grow and to learn and to ultimately achieve wisdom 
language. It's something that uh, you don't really, you know, it's not, it, it, you know, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm, I'm wise now, that good thing. You know, it's something that, I, I think this is why I, I'm, I'm alive at all, is, is, is to confront myself, learn about myself, and grow into the higher potential of who I am. So spirituality has everything to do with my creativity. As I learn and grow spiritually by learning about myself, by balancing myself, by uh, getting more knowledge, by researching, by feeling it, following my intuition to new ideas that stimulate my mind and my heart to you know, continue on, um, that ultimately informs my creativity because what I want to, you know, in, in, again, I guess kind of in that, you know, making the goal of it to, to achieve a higher level of myself, you know, um, it's kind of like you're kind of working something out. Like you're, it's like a, in this, in this effort to become more wise and whatnot, you kind of have to initiate yourself into, um, into a spiritual practice that will, in my case, you know, accelerate growth so that I can kind of, you know, create uh, with the most, you know, informed place that I'm at at the time. What I'm creating now is informed by where I am spiritually and, uh, you know, what I'm creating 10 years from now. If will... you continue your spiritual journey. Right. It sounds like, and without even putting titles on it, but I mean... A... The, yeah. the easiest way to say say it is like it sounds like a, like a journey to, toward enlightenment. It's just like, like I'm trying to get to this point in which I like I am the best version of my who I ever am, and it's not even you're not even striving for perfection. You're just trying to strive for like enlightenment and wisdom. And once you get there, you'll kind of like put forth the best stuff, kind of just because you're in a you you walk in an enlightenment way, you, and you like talk and you interact with other human beings in that way, and so. It's that stuff. It sounds a little bit like that's what you're striving to. Well, like I said before about um, you know writing from that 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 more negative emotional place, you know, uh, uh, where you know um, it just no longer serves me anymore because I've grown from there. Like like being a punk rocker or something. I love punk yeah. rock. I love what uh, what's there, and, and I think it's absolutely totally valid. Um, and I guess I don't really want to use broad terms like that, but, you know, this, this, uh, is kind of idea of like keeping your mind in these, in these thoughts of, uh, you know, we're going to rise against, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the players are stacked against me. I need to overcome the, uh, you know, um, corruption. Yeah. Um, I prefer to, I'm trying to um, cultivate a, a thought pattern that's a little more harmonious than that. And there's no judgment, I guess it sounds like you're saying, there's no judgment on that. It's like, that's where you were, and people who do that, that's where they're at, and that's fine. And that's part of like the emotional and intellectual spectrum of humanity. And people will resonate with that, and they will speak that voice, and people will hear it. Absolutely, absolutely. The ju non-judgmental is where, is where it's at. You recognize everyone is in their own spiritual place and, and getting where whether or not they consider themselves yeah. spiritual or not. 
Uh, you know, so we have to respect and ultimately celebrate where everyone is at and know that, uh, you know, you be confident that everyone is on their own individual path, learning things in their own speed, in their own time. And that's what God intended. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there and we'll get there. And maybe, and maybe your journey won't take you there before you die. And that's unfortunate, but it's like, we're all trying to, we're all trying to muddle our way through and become the best version of who we are. That's okay. Question. I don't, I have no idea. I know your brother. I know your sister. I know you. I know your parents, but I have no idea about like your religious or spiritual background. Mm-hmm. As a kid, it's like, so how did you it's end up here? Context. Like, did that work? Like, I don't know. Was, was it formal or is kind of your parents are like, you know what? We're kind of like vaguely, well, whatever. No, I mean, I was raised very clearly in the uh, Christian with Christianity in the Catholic Church, so I was raised. Uh, going to church, um, I was, you know, Jesus was the Son of God, and um, he died for our sins. And uh, Satan exists as, you know, the deceiver and whatever, you know, the, the, whatever makes you do bad things, or, or you know, is coming from that that kind of, you know. So, you know, you understand yeah, what yeah, the basis of Christianity So, you know, that was very powerful to me as a young kid. And I was talking to my brother about this recently, uh, recalling when my mother was teaching he and I about this idea of Satan. And, um, you know, that uh, if we ever felt tempted or anything, we could always invoke Jesus in Jesus' name. Do not tempt me, you know. And this was really powerful to me. And, and I was terrified of Satan and hell. <laughs> I, you know. And um, and my brother, uh, talking to him just recently, like had a completely different experience with that. He just thought it was bullshit from the beginning. My, sorry. No, um, it's fine. Cursing is fine. Um, <laughs> I'll put explicit if I have to. Are you okay? So, but... For me, uh, you know, that just wasn't that just wasn't enough for me. I, okay. I, over the years, like uh, you know, I, I wanted to learn more. I got I started to get very one of one of the great things. You know, I went to I went to Catholic school, high school, private school, and we had religious religion class. And uh, even though it was Catholic school, there were uh, I remember I had a few Hindus in my class, some Jewish kids, um, I think one or two kids who practiced Islam. And we, so we learned, we had kind of like these world religion classes where we learned a little bit about each religion. And, and I've just always found that fascinating. I, found, I became really into the Eastern religions and I got wrapped up in, uh, in Buddhism. I was um, also reading like the Upanishads and Indian texts and, and getting into that kind of like Zen um, philosophy. And that, that really made a lot of sense to me. And then in uh, my early teenage years was when I started to experiment with psychedelic drugs. And um, after a couple of of psychedelic journeys, my spirituality, like really, you know, my, my, my ideas of what this reality was completely started to change and my, my mind was expanded. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, and I never thought you thought about this question. I don't know how much you... D- I can edit, edit this out later <laughs> if you want, and I, that's not a problem. 
I don't know, how do you feel like that affected your creativity? Because I'm, I'm wondering whether or not at that point in your life you needed that to like expand to a different place and it doesn't have the same effect or it's like that always kind of can take to a place that you that 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 can only expand expand your mind but that specific way you may or may not do it now when i when when that started that was brand new territory you know uh it was one thing like to get high from smoking marijuana or something which i i liked Enjoyed as a, as a younger kid too, but the, the psychedelic drugs like taking mushrooms and and acid LSD, um, kind of was this glimpse into this 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 broader, uh, broader spirituality that kind of changed the rules of the, of the game of my mind. I it, I kind of I, I think it helped kind of break down some of the conditioning that I'd been raised with and with the you know the growing up in the Catholic. Uh, world, but but at the time it was a it was a transient thing. It kind of came and went. It was the kind of thing where like mind was open. I stayed with those concepts for a short time, a significant amount of time, and it changed my outlook. But it it, it you know ultimately you know time would pass and I would kind of get back into uh, you know my regular ways. Yeah. And it would inform me form things, but not entirely. But but as I've as I've continued my journey with without psychedelic drugs, you you know. You, you don't need them to go through this spiritual yeah. thing. But it, 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 I, I recommend them. <laughs> you can slip into it in and out. <laughs> but no, I, 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 you know, yeah. whatever. No judgment. No, right? there's no judgment whatsoever. Like, all right, we can have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, you know, the difference being that, you know, like, whereas that was kind of like a place to kind of dip my toe into... Uh, as I've gotten older, you know, this is, it's that, that world that was opened up to me by that, I would say, you know, now is a place that I swim through moment to moment daily. It informs my entire reason to be my, my, you know, the way that I live really, which, um, you know, going back to that spirituality and, and tied to the creativity and what it is I'm, I'm kind of working on now uh, it is really comes down to that, uh, that, that spark, that moment, the, the present moment right now, and the magic that is inherent in this moment, right this is what this I was moment. Um, so it seems like, and I, we talked about this before, there is like an ability kind of like to relax and the kind of like let go of like all the other stuff and kind of just be where you are, wherever you are. Um, and we talked when we were talking about it. It was like how like you can't remember someone's name. You try really hard. Like what's his name? And it doesn't come back. And you kind of like breathe and kind of just like stop thinking about it. And the name just kind of just drift up. And it sounds like psychedelic drug can if you don't have the right mindset to like relax on your own, or you have so many other conditionings that are keeping you from relaxing on your own. The psychedelic drugs can kind of like peel back some of that concentration, that focus, that. It's like it's like a almost like a training wheels way to kind of enlightenment. It's like we'll skip some steps and we'll get you to like that. Right, right. Yes, you can achieve this through uh, you know practice of meditation over time and refine it. And ultimately, I think that's a better way of doing it. But it is like a shortcut to 
the astral plane yeah. or you know some some elevated place and, and for for better or worse it's not it wasn't always a constructive or I think it was always always helpful in in some way but you know certainly not positive in, in all the time like yeah. I, I wouldn't use the word relax relaxing to describe some of the experiences I had some of them I was stressful oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> terrified oh, yeah, yeah exactly exactly but but you know ultimately uh, created a, a catharsis for change in a lot of cases okay all right um, let me see if skip some stuff uh, question like do you, when you write music and actually before I go into to that the primary form of creativity the way I see you now is through music is that actually true or do you is that you're you're creative in like professionally in other ways musically okay. mostly um, I again getting just ever since I was a kid I, I, I like to, to create in any way I, I, that's why I identify with with being an artist because um, you know regardless of what tools are available I'll I like to create what's possible anything so if that happens to be a musical instrument that's usually where I'm first inclined okay. But um, I also really enjoy painting. Um, I'm not a trained painter, but uh, I love to paint. I, I like to, and I, I kind of, uh, and a lot of my paintings um, involve all sorts of mixed mediums. I'll go for a walk in the woods, pick up different things, uh, weeds, uh, twigs, this and that, and incorporate them into my painting. Um, you know, I, I like to, I, I'm more of that, like, kind of go with the, int not necessarily intention, I guess, um, yeah, it, it, not necessarily even having intention. I'm more more of kind of that Jackson Pollock view of sort of, you're kind of in this meditative zone and you're, you're just creating and you allow the, allow the whatever it is you're creating to kind of sh reveal itself to you as you're creating it, which is also a lot of times how I approach making music. But I find that, Especially if I am making music, which is what I primarily do, I, I like to use other forms of creativity to kind of vary things and help me to, um, it's a great device if I am blocking, blocked with like a song or I'm having a little trouble getting through an idea. It's nice to shift to another medium to get the creativity flowing again. Because whereas, you know, if I'm writing a song, you know, I'm trying to put notes in place. I'm trying to figure out the words I want to choose to use. And that might, you know, it might take, you know, 200 lines to just partially get one lyric you're happy with. Uh, it's, it's strange. Writing lyrics is, it, it can be challenging. But, you know, so you're, you're trying to work with things like words. Uh, so <laughs> you're trying to put them together in a, in a way that explains whatever it is you're trying to intend to do. Whereas I like to paint because I don't have to worry about things, tangible things like words. I can just kind of blend color or, or whatever it is together. And it's sort of that universal just image, you know. It's funny. I wonder whether or not a painter would have to say the same thing about a musician. So like, because like the, you have to like work, you have to work this time, this color, blah, blah, blah. But with music, I can kind of just like go and kind of just work with word. What if it's like the other medium just is kind of just a little bit easier because your brain is like, I'm not focusing as much in this other medium because it's not. And it's like you less of like your, who you are is tied up into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I you know, ultimately, I, uh, over the years, I've been putting out and, and, you know, working and recording music. So visual art for me is something I enjoy for myself personally. It's not something I often share yeah. with others or, you know, I'm trying to, you know, put on an art Make show. Make money or, like or yeah. So, so therefore it's it's personal so i can uh i can kind of uh it doesn't have to be as as intense i guess in a way i'm not as a perfectionist about it yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, okay i can do art I in can this allow it to be um okay i guess and this kind of answers itself when you're trying to come up with stuff inspiration for your music like this is going to kind of you kind of answered it before but do you go to, for, like, inspiration, do you go to, like, art or nature, or like, just, like, this is going to inspire me here? Or do you normally kind of just, like, try to compile songs, listen to different types of music to, like, inspire the sound that you want, the lyrics that you want? So where do you go for, like, inspiration? The interesting thing about that, like... For me, I don't really go anywhere for inspiration. It doesn't work like that. I I rarely decide I'm going to do something and then do it. It kind of just happens anyway. And when I'm talking about like kind of like staying with the song or something, sit, deciding to sit yeah. down and work on something, that's a little bit different. That's our after already there's been this initial push that got some sort of creativity moving then it'll get a little more mathematical and the okay sit down work on it okay great i made progress or okay that was a wasted hour whatever but um i think i'm just inspired naturally by by everything that's around me what i'm going through internally what's happening externally um certainly a piece of music might get me excited and I'll want to pick up my guitar and play and, and emulate because you know it kind of comes to this idea of, of you know as as what we when we're born you know we have our, our whoever is our guardian whoever takes care of us you know they're our first connection to to the world and so we're, we're imitating everything we do from the day we're born starts to be imitation you know, imitation is a good thing. We we look up to people we consider our yeah. heroes, people who inspire us, and we say, "I want to be yeah. like them." You know, or what? Are, you know, so so I think that you know there there are many many musicians and artists that have inspired me, but rarely is it that I say I need to be inspired. I'm going to listen, listen to, to like this, these, or, this album of, or, yeah. or something like I want my music to sound like more like this artist and this artist. So I'm going to do some research and development and I'm going to try to do that. And I don't think, I think that's pretty cool. And I like that idea of like, you know, you know, I think art that, uh, that takes into consideration you know the cultural climate and what's going on at the time it is ultimately like really important to be um you know uh pertinent to it in a more universal sense like you know an, a great artist should be able to embody and help reflect the culture of the times back yeah exactly but but for me um i i really more search for this inner it's something that is coming from me 
that um, is informed consciously and certainly unconsciously from nature, especially music. Um, but but I, I think a lot of people misunderstand that. Like uh, a lot of friends of mine I, I've played music with who aren't necessarily songwriters, but certainly very creatively inclined and able to create music. Um, sometimes I hear often, you know, they have these perceptions of like, oh, I, I want it, or like, oh, what you're doing is a combination of this and yeah. this and this. And, and really, I never think about that. I'm just doing what, I'm trying to just do what ha is natural. In fact, I'm trying, most of the time, you know, I'm just trying to, to communicate what's like inside and what I'm hearing and what I, what I like. So there's really, it's hard to know sometimes. Like, you know, I, I really, there's no way of knowing whether something's good. And again, that, that idea doesn't, you know, that's just a point of view anyway. But, um, but yeah, for, for me, I think it's coming from this inner place and it's, it's less, you know, obviously because of just the way of, of living, I'm naturally imitating people I look up to and whatnot, but but I think I'm trying to kind of get to the pure, just expression of what's inside me. That's interesting. So you're like saying, like you're trying to just take a, you, you walk through the world and try to like be aware, be present in the world, just kind of as a human being. But then after that, you kind of try to have something authentic expression of who you are. And how that, how are what you've taken in expresses through that, it's fine, but that's not, it's not a conscious thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, again, I don't, I, I never really sat down and thought like I need to express myself right now or something. I just sit down and do, huh. you know, it's just like an extension of me. So I think that as I mature and my art matures and I, I might, may even have like a little bit more of a control over what exactly it is I'm trying to do as I kind of hone in my craft and the more I work on it, the more I'm able to use different tools that have worked and over time, you know, kind of figure out a process of, okay, like this is how I am most um, efficiently creative and try to like, you know, keep, keep working that out so that you can kind of be successful in your creations, you know, more consistently. I think I could see, you know, getting into loftier concepts and t kind of taking a, taking a, a, you know, going after bigger concepts and more challenging yeah. stuff. I'm going to push myself to, yeah. To, exactly, yeah. exactly. But for now, I think, to, like, just kind of, it just kind of, it just kind of comes from somewhere, and I'm, I just kind of try to follow it wherever it goes. Okay. And then, um, you know, There's no right or wrong way. By the know? way, I'm only looking down so I can have an idea. Of where I'm going. It's not like what you're saying. Interesting. I'm like, I kind of need to know where we're going. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, let's, let's go. Um, okay. So I'm asking some, some random questions. So the scariest moment that you went through when you decided to do this as a like a profession, as a lifestyle. Because I mean, my understanding is like you went to NYU and at some point, I can't see. Tell me like about that. Like, what was the scariest moment when you were like, I want to do this as opposed to be an engineer or a doctor or was it not a scary moment at all? Well, I mean, it's, that's, it's interesting side thing. I mean, you know, I, I was really lucky to, to grow up in a middle-class family that allowed me to 
nur- that who helped nurture and allowed me to be creative and and play music and like you know when it came time to go to college my folks wanted me to go to college and they ultimately gave me the choice of what I wanted to study I applied to NYU I got an early decision and went to school for music and audio engineering um, in hindsight I, I, I don't regret that in any way it was excellent everything I, I don't regret anything um, but I think that you know I realize how unrealistic it is to go to, uh, you know, an expensive college and that with this idea of I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, an, a great writer or a great filmmaker or something, you know, as opposed to saying I'm going to study finance and I'm going to yeah. actually have like a tangible job out when I get out of this. So, I, I, you know, I, the, the thing is, is that... I felt I had to complete college as like as my duty to fulfill my parents' wishes. So I wanted to quit college after my first year, but I knew that my folks wanted for me their gift to me was to put me through school and I owed it to them to complete school. So it's kind of a strange thing and I've never told them that. No, we can cut that out, by the way. Well, maybe some of this you don't yeah. isn't really that interesting <laughs> we anyway. Were, no, I mean, it's, just, it's kind of part of like your journey and like this is like your creative journey, and so it's like that's. But we can definitely cut that out if you want. Uh, but so I mean, you know, getting. I mean, this is kind of a tough question to answer in the sense that, you know, because. I don't think as a kid, as an 18-year-old kid, I didn't really have any, I wasn't, I didn't understand or I didn't really put it together what, what it all really meant and, you know, to make a living and to get by in, in, the, in the world. So, you know, um, once I finished school, I started looking for work and I, 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 I was in a band and I was pursuing that and I, yeah, I guess, you know, now that I think of it, I really, I believed in that and I... I wanted there to be success there, and, and we did okay, but in an effort to uh, make my own way, I had to take a job, and uh, I say take a job, I got a job with a radio station, and I've been working in, in the radio field for 10 years. Um, it's fortunate for me because it is related to music, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, there are many, many things about it that I've learned from and, and have made great relationships over the years but I realize now that um, in that time frame I, uh, I drifted from my goal I drifted from what I felt I was here to do or what, what came most naturally to me and I compromised and I got a job I got into a field that I found interesting but, uh, you know, ultimately, that's not my purpose to be, you know, working for a corporation or, uh, or, or even working in this particular field. I realized that I need to be developing my, my spirituality myself and, and, and share my creativity and share my music and art. That's 
those are the higher aspects of myself. So having come to this realization, I realize now that the only thing that's truly important for me to focus on are those things. That's a tough <laughs> balance though, because I wonder, I mean, finance and paying for things affects it. And I wonder how much like that stress of like paying for stuff and whatever comes from it and like being successful and all those things that come with it, how much that affects your creativity as well. Well, it's just like saying, you know, how much does, um, you know, negative thought patterns affect, yeah. you know, your outlook or how successful you are in life. You know, the, when I consistently for years told myself that I wasn't good enough at singing and I wasn't good enough at playing and my songs weren't any good and I'm, you know, this ultimately that's, it's my choice. I have control over my mind. So when you start to recognize, hey man, what what am I feeding my thoughts here? What am I, I, I should be nurturing myself. I should be accepting myself and trying to give myself the nourishment to be a better version of myself rather than you know these ideas like even just all all sorts of the things that we that we deal with you know oh i i don't never have enough money i i'll never be able to you know get achieve what i want because um you know fill in the blank you start to realize like these kinds of they're self-fulfilling prophecies when you uh when you get yourself into these thought frames and and follow them you can really block your potential. But I, with that, now is that's something that I always know is to be true. Like, as I've gotten older, I know to be true. Right. We but all to know, know it's it, true, but, but to actually, like, practice. on a day to day basis, because, like, like, you may know this, but, like, like on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock, and you're like, I know this in the back, but emotionally, intellectually, you're like, I know this is a fact, but emotionally, you're like, it doesn't matter. I'm not feeling good about myself. And so you can't get to, like, that balanced place, no matter how much you want to. You, but you can if you persevere. Because yes. as you persevere at that, it, it becomes easier and easier. It's still very challenging. Yeah. I am very <laughs> far away. Don't get me wrong. This, this I'm far to away from <laughs> this. <laughs> like, no one is there. Yet no one in this room is there. <laughs> but but just recognizing it is the first step in the right direction. Yeah. And, and it's one of, one of many things that we do. But, you know, really... But getting back to, to some of that background, you know, it, for me, it, it comes down to, to this conditioning that we all experience as we grow up under these conditions and of, uh, you know, our, um, you know, the dichotomy of our neighborhoods, of our schools, of our relationships with our, our parents, with discipline, with this idea, you know, um, I, I, you see it. it you, when you when you recognize this, you think of like a child who's innocently running around, being really loud, and uh, just being crazy or whatever. Yeah. And now, you know, the adults there's adults around, and they're annoyed by this kid being free. So, you know, so the the parent maybe is trying to explain to the child like, listen, we're in a you know group of people here, like be respectful of them and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, click, click. And I've so, learned this lesson as a kid. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I, there's balance to all this. I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Just like, you know, I think training a dog could be a helpful thing for that dog to have a better life. Yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, for me, uh, 
being, I guess, a conformist in the sense that, you know, I, I did the typical, you know, I graduated from high school, I went to college, I got out of college, I got a part-time job. After a few years, I got a full-time job. And now I am, I work for a corporate, major corporation, even though I work in, in what seems like a, a, a more smaller community, but ultimately it is for a major corporation. And I am working nine to five, Monday through Friday, and I get my benefits, I get my constant paycheck, and it allows me to live on my own, and those are all good things, but uh, I've realized that for the development of, of my spirituality, that those things were important to learn, but they no longer really serve me anymore. It's like you were saying about punk rock. Um, you know, this is what I needed at this point in my life. And there's nothing right or wrong about it. And many people may need this this similar type of thing and they may need it for their entire life. And like, it served me, it's time for me to move on to something else. And right. there's no judgment. It's just kind of like, it's time for me. And maybe I'll go back. When I've learned some other lesson, I'll come back and like live this life once I'm able to. But it's like, you, you're trying to just find the right rhythm and balance for you. Yeah. And yeah, that's no, that that's no ever, judgment or but, like advice you know, either way. I for do. Me. I think that I think you know it's tough to have an informed view as a, as a younger kid. Uh, you know, I didn't. It wasn't until I kind of got into the world of advertising and, and as I got older in, in my early to mid twenties that I started to actually kind of form my own view of what was actually happening in the world and how it was affecting me. And I realized that I wasn't really as in control of myself as I thought I was, and that I, you know, I I was being influenced by all sorts of things outside things making me feel I had to be a certain way or fall in line in a certain way. Um, especially with that idea of you know going to school, learning how to how to um, you know I guess behave and then ultimately you know getting like that when I got that full-time job it was like this idea of like you really achieved yeah. like the, the thing like you won the game that's you know you got it that's what you want now see if you can keep that job for 30 years and uh, retire with a severance package or whatever and you realize like you know when it comes like these ideas are just they're they're crazy it's like this idea, it's like, because, you know, sure, like, how much room for there is there to grow as a person if you're, you know, if you're just punching a clock and, 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 and take, using your time to, to live, you know, it's sure, if it's in line with what your, pur you feel your purpose is, then power to you, that's what's up. But if you're, you know, if you, if you ultimately feel like you're not, you're not going in the direction that your heart is telling you to go in. I think that we all deserve to break away from that and to try to move in the direction of where our hearts are taking us. You know? Yeah, and this is, I guess this is like the story they tell you, but it's hard. They, they, this is a story they tell you that you can do whatever you want to, follow your heart, right. but then they push you into... <laughs> and yeah. it, it's not that they're bad or wrong, it's like they're, they're, they tell you like this philosophical, but then they kind of like, well, this is how the world works. Well, so. It comes back to that idea. It's like we all know it's true. We all know that if you put your mind to something, you know, you can achieve mm -hmm. your dreams. But at the same time, you know, uh, we, we kind of, we don't follow it all the way. Because emotionally, sometimes you 
bump up against like, well, I'm putting my mind to it, I think, and it's not working, so maybe I'm wrong. And so, yeah. We also rely on what other people think, and we rely on, you know, uh, if, if we don't have a strong will, we, we can be broken easily and allow somebody else's judgment on us to, to discourage us from continuing on our path and, and, and whatnot, you know, and, um, But, yeah, I mean, that's led me to where I am now. And I'm still, I'm still in that situation, but I, I realize now, because, you know, this all comes down to, like, what, what's really going on in our, what we're, what's happening. Yeah. We're, we're human beings. The human experience. On this planet. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we're going to die, every one of us. That's what we do. It's a part of the deal. And that goes back to the conditioning thing is, you know, like here in the States, you know, this idea of death is bad. We should try to keep you alive as long as possible. Like, ooh, like, you know, you don't want to get sick, you know. And so, you know, there's differences, this idea, you know, when, when you're dead, you know, you don't really have those worries. But, of course, you know, we're, we're concerned about what we put into our bodies that might create, you know, the conditions for an unhealthy environment so that we, you know, are suffer, you know, we suffer more into the, our ultimate, uh, you know, death being the ultimate place we're going to be. But I think that it's, imp- I, you know, what I learned from, 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 uh, searching different, uh, religious practices and whatnot, uh, was this, is this idea of impermanence. And it's something that, um, is, is pretty important to the, um, to the Tibetan Buddhism, um, and like the, the uh, yeah, I guess t- Tibetan Buddhism is, is this, uh, you know, it, this realization on a daily basis that that Go ahead. your you, your life is impermanent, and it allows you to live more fully when you realize that you know you you're not really sure how much time you've got here. And, uh, you know, you want to, you know, in, in the quest for enlightenment, you know, I'd like to kind of absorb everything, all the lessons I can learn from the time I have here. But ultimately, it's cool that, like, I'm going to die some yeah. point. Like, um, you know, that's just, the, that's, that's part of the deal, you know. But, but here, you know, I don't mean to be cliche, but, you, you know, you, we want to avoid that conversation. If you start, if you go there with people, you, a lot of times you'll get this, um, you know, Hey man, just chill out. Like just relax. Yeah, we're going to go get a beer. Like can't just play it cool. man. This is something I guess like, that I think about, because you have to think about like cultures and like cultures within humanity, within the planet, but kind of like humanity in general, you can kind of look at us kind of like as our, our, we're moving through like society, we're, trying, we're moving through life as a species and try to figure things out. So maybe like our culture, maybe our species is kind of like in our early adolescence and we're kind of we're trying to figure stuff out and like we may not have it right now and we're not comfortable with death. But in theory, if we kind of keep existing, we'll grow through adolescence and into our 20s and, it's, and at some point we'll be like, oh, obviously we did this and that was ridiculous. But now that we're mature and enlightened as a species, we understand who, we, so there has to be a little bit of like patience with this like species sure. and our culture is like you know what we'll get there and well and that and that's going back to that idea of having patience with everyone and ultimately accepting and, and trying to love every brother and sister we have on the planet Wherever going they through are. their own yeah. thing at their own time you know 
because uh, you know where does where does that elevating the conversation elevating our reality stem from it, it stems from you elevating your life yeah. me elevating mine and uh, you know uh, we're, we're human and uh, you know let's face it um, you know I might wake up one day and not feel like doing the whole being present thing yeah <laughs> and you know what that's okay and maybe you'll change back to one of these I find that you know it is it's one of those things like for me that getting back to that kind of being present and being kind of a little more aware in general it, it, you know, it takes it takes focus and re, and reminders. I'll put things in my apartment, things that say like, you know, just presence. You know, words, key things that you see that that help you to stay in those higher states. You know, and uh, you know, it's kind of doing the self work. You know, uh, accepting yourself, realizing it that you know when those those things that we each have that cause discomfort or pain when we think about them. And uh, our natural human instinct is to uh, avoid them or, you know, hide them away more. It's, I think, you know, for our growth, our individual growth, I'm a big believer in uh, we'll benefit from shining a light on it. Yeah, and and, uh, addressing the issues. Two questions, then we'll be done. Question number one. First, do you feel like creativity is... A communal thing you share with other it's like it's a way of like being more connected with humanity and people that you care about people you care about specifically but maybe humanity more broadly or do you feel like it's more of like a personal thing it's this is what I do for myself and maybe it's an expression that people can share with share after I've done it but it's mostly something I'm doing for myself yeah you know that's that's a great idea because I think that there how I what I, th- I think I might think two things about that. I think um, in the higher sense, I, I really put merit into this idea that there's like kind of the microcosm and the macrocosm and the individual and the collective. So what I, the creativity I'm putting forward, um, you know, is a, is a vessel or a, a way for me to... Uh, to move through this experience and to grow. So it's a, it's a way for me to kind of help reflect back to me what it is I'm experiencing and how I feel because I'm experiencing life. It also provides the opportunity for someone else to objectively share in that. Um, and the, this kind of, that kind of universal idea of that, uh, you know, what's good for me is good for everyone. Um, so am I get uh, am I getting off the point there? Like no, it it the answer seems like it's both that the, the, you're like it's both an individual and it's a communal it, thing. It, it's kind of a fluid type of in thing. this yeah in the sense especially that like my experience is 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 it's it's a paradox. It's exactly the same as your experience in in a big way. I shouldn't say exactly, but you know what what we're experiencing is the same. However, it is completely different. It's it's everything is always the same. We all it's universal, but at the same time, everything you, individual is totally. Uh, it's hard to use put this into words but you understand this, yeah. what I'm trying to say is it's it's like it's like being present it's like it's like when you're performing 
this idea of you want to you want to put every ounce of your being into it you want to put everything you've got into that performance and it means everything but at the same time you want to just kind of not care yeah. so <laughs> and, the, and the thing is you want to do it at the same time exactly. and that's a weird it's kind of like that kind of like nebulous like yeah it's yeah it's like it means everything but it's no nothing big at deal. the same time it's it's, it's like you're like but, and it's possible but it's hard it's like that point of like relaxed and focused and true balance when you're there that makes perfect sense when you're not you're like what the fuck are you talking about I have no idea what that means so yeah I understand exactly what you mean yeah not everyone has the the luxury of having this conversation you know mm-hmm. many people on this planet you know don't have time to be creative because their basic survival needs are not met you know again I think going back to thought forms and things, there there are two main things that um, that keep people from achieving their goals quicker or at all, and they're the fear of poverty and the fear of death. Those things can stop you in your tracks from making any kind of progression forward. But that's this is where this is kind of what I'm thinking. This is kind of also the point of the podcast because. Even with that, like you fear of poverty and like struggle, like in Sub-Saharan Africa or India, the places that are they're poverty, you will find creativity there too. And so, even within that struggle, people find because we're human beings, you have like day, you have so much things, to, so many things to do, and you find a way for inspiration and beauty and love and creativity within that. It's maybe harder and it may look different, yeah, good. but it still can exist. You're right. Um, it has to. And it's it does. Hard, it's, that has yeah. to, but it, it also does. Well, yeah. That's that's interesting. So, the last question, and this is going to be, this is actually pretty, well, it's easy-ish. Um, I, whenever I end the podcast, I try to end it like, kind of like, of like a tune from like a song. Uh, so, what's your favorite song? Favorite song? What song do you kind of, is is important to you that you kind of would like to end this podcast? I'm like, I'm not gonna. There's a copyright infringement stuff, but like something kind of like to close it out. Put me on the spot, and then. <laughs> um. If you want, it could just be like silence. I'm fine with that too. Let's do it this way. Send me an email. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay. I, I liked where you're going with this. I okay. think it's good. Um, you're asking it like to state a song or something like that. That that's. Can you ask that one more time? Basically, I when I finish my podcast, there's like a melody. That I end the podcast oh. with. Oh, you misunderstood the question. Oh, oh, oh there's a melody that I end the podcast with. So this that. is like off record almost. I, I can, it doesn't. I, 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 I was probably going to cut this, but yeah, there's a melody. Or I can leave it in, it doesn't matter. So, like, and they can, I can tell you the melody and you can hear it as it goes off. As it... <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I appreciate it. It was fun. This, I finished my first interview. Congratulations. It was good. Thank you, Adam. That's it. All right. Done. Bye.